That was refreshing. <laughs> uh, so, good morning. <laughs> In case we haven't met, I'm Wendy Bazat. I'm the co-lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard, and um, hopefully, uh, Lee preached about half my message during the offering. So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so. Um, we're, let's say our mission statement together at Mercy Vineyard, we are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. And this morning, we are beginning a walk through the book of 2 Corinthians. Um, so a little background, the, the church in Corinth was begun by Paul, and after he'd been there for about a year and a half, he left the church in the hands of others. And in this second letter to the church, um, he expresses his relief and joy that the Corinthians had received a former strong letter in a positive manner. That, that letter, we, it's not in the Bible, but he apparently had sent a really strongly worded letter to correct them on some things, and they received it well. And um, that letter had addressed issues that were tearing the church apart. And there had been false apostles teaching... Um, wrong things and assaulting Paul's character, so it was bringing division, and um, they were also teaching false doctrines, so um, he was very strong about cutting all that off, and then in 2 Corinthians, he is talking about how glad he is that most of the church had repented, and, and they're not in rebellion anymore, so he wants to encourage them in moving forward at this point. So he opens this letter talking about the many troubles that he's faced on his missionary journeys and the fact that um, he had expected to die in those journeys. Um, but he gives praise to God for the comfort that he received. And it's amazing how a trial can cause us to be more fully dependent on God, isn't it? Um, it produces great thankfulness in us when we go through hard things. Um, so some of you have heard this story, but at one point, I don't know how many years ago now, um, Lee was laid off uh, from his job, and we did not know how we were going to pay our bills. Um, there was, we did not have really much warning, and so we obviously became much more dependent on God. <laughs> when you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, you're on your knees a lot, right? And um, every time God came through, Every time. I have a journal full of um, stories from that time were just little things, all the little things. It was like God just knew. Every little need that we had was met in unique and interesting ways. And I could, I mean, like I said, I pretty much wrote a book on it. So um, there were so many things. I remember um, one time we got a gas card from someone just at the time we were like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. We can't put gas in the car. Someone sent us a gas card. Um, we got money in the mail one time that was the exact amount for what we needed. Uh, Forrest needed new glasses, and we had um, something else that was a desperate need at that moment. The check that came was an odd, a weird number. It wasn't like a, you know, a even amount. Thank you. <laughs> and... Um, it was exactly what we needed for those two things at that moment. 
and God had laid it on that person's heart to send it to us. This is just a faith. He's a faithful God. I mean, just like we were singing this morning, not for a minute are we forsaken. Um, and so there were every, it's some, one time there was groceries on our doorstep. Like there, and every time there was so much gratitude and thankfulness. Like we were just overcome. And it taught us to depend on him even more. Every time he came through, okay, we can depend on him. We can depend on him. And um, we've talked about this here before, in fact, even pretty recently, how suffering is, our suffering is not a reflection on how God feels about us. Sometimes we think that, but it's not. Um, it's very complex. So asking the why question is futile. It, it does us no good to go, why, God? Why are we in this position? Why haven't you done X, Y, Z? It's futile. It, the whole thing is complex, but our focus needs to be on how we're going to respond to that trial. Life is hard. <laughs> and if you're not experiencing something difficult right now, just wait a minute and you will. Uh, like Lee said, we just spent a week with 30 children under the age of 12 who have experienced um, more difficulty in their short time than most of us will in our whole lives. And their whole lives, they have been told, either in words or in action, that, that they don't matter, that they're not valuable. Um, they've been beaten, they've been neglected, they've been traumatized, they've been emotionally abused, they've been told that they are um, stupid and worth nothing. Literally those words. And so how do we, how do we deal with that? I mean, you'll have to forgive me this morning. I'm still processing everything that happened in the last week. But I'll, I'll tell you that later. Um, we're going to read the Bible first. <laughs> so we're going to look at the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians, because he also suffered greatly. He was thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked three times, and he was constantly in danger. So if anyone could speak to suffering and God's comfort, I think Paul can. So um, let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 3 through 11. He says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God, who raises the dead. 
And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. So the main idea in this passage, and what I want you to remember today is this. God's comfort is meant to make us comforters. Christ's sufferings were designed to bring us comfort and salvation. What Jesus suffered means comfort and salvation for us. And verse 5 says that God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So the comfort we receive is from our merciful Father. And we don't deserve it, right? Therefore, when we receive it, then we can be merciful toward others. We don't have to, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, we don't have to wonder, do they deserve it? Well, we didn't deserve it either. It doesn't matter whether they deserve it or not. We can show the same mercy that's been shown toward us. And I don't know about you, but it's, it's not always easy for me to see how I can offer comfort to someone who's hurting. I mean, even with the children that we were with this past week, how do you comfort a child who has been through what they've been through? Um, but it says right there in verse 4 that he comforts us so that we can comfort others, which means he gives us the ability to do so, and that was our mission this past week. So how do we receive it, and how do we offer it? The kind of comfort that God has to give. Well, we're going to talk about that, but I'd like to pray first. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for the peace and the comfort that you're already um, just allowing to settle over us. And we just ask that you would make your word come alive to us that you would bring revelation and transformation, that it wouldn't just be words and good ideas, but it would bring life and truth into our hearts. Have your way. Speak to each heart here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So the first thing we need to realize, based on that scripture, is that God's comfort is complete. The word comfort is found nine times in verses 3 through 7. I read 3 through 11. Nine times just in, the, in those few verses. And when we hear that word, we tend to think of patting someone on the back, kind of soothing them, right? Um, and that's part of it. But the word is a lot meatier than that. Um, the Greek word for that comfort is, I'll probably butcher it, is parakaleo. That's what I'm going to call it, which is more than just soothing sympathy. It means to call alongside. So it, it, it carries the idea of strengthening, of helping, of making strong. So when God comforts us, he gives us strength and hope. It's not just this, it's okay, it's okay. It's more of a walking alongside of us and helping, to, helping us to keep moving forward, coming alongside and, and giving us the strength and the hope that we need. And he gives us the courage to walk through whatever we're facing. And the Holy Spirit is called our paraclete. That comes from that same word, comfort. He's called our paraclete in John 14, 16. And then Jesus is called our paraclete in 1 John 2, 1. So that means that God in every aspect of his being is full of comfort. 
and strength and help for us in every part of himself. So Jesus has experienced every single pain that we have. Every single physical, emotional, mental pain. Everything we suffer, he knows what that feels like. He knows exactly what it feels like, and he enters into it with you. And he hurts with you. And that was something that I felt like I experienced firsthand at one point this week, getting to feel what Jesus feels when his kids are hurting. And it's, it's incredible. Um, as I sat with a girl this week, and she poured out her heart and everything that's happening right now at home, like now. And I just felt the way that Jesus feels. And his heart was breaking right along with hers. And his, he was just so near, but in a way not of just putting his arm around her and telling her it was okay, but saying, I'm with her. I feel that. I have a broken heart with her. You know, the Bible says that he's close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. Um, so Paul describes in verses 8 through 11 the trouble that he faced that made him think he wouldn't come out of it alive. But he says that as a result, he learned to rely on God. His dependence on God deepened. And missionary Hudson Taylor said that our troubles can come between us and God and push us away, or they can turn us to God and push us closer. And I know that sometimes when we are suffering, it's easy to, again, we go back to that why question, and, and we start to get upset at God sometimes, and we turn away from him. But if we let it our suffering can draw us closer in. And we can feel that nearness that he so wants to, to show us. And we also have each other, because if God wants to use us to comfort others, like it says in the scripture, it stands to reason that he will use others to comfort us. But pride often keeps us from revealing our needs to others, so we miss out on that comfort, right? So we talk about this here all the time how God has designed us to need one another. We need one another. So let your pride down when you're in pain. We all experience pain. And if you're willing to let your guard down and share that with someone else, then not only do you get to experience the comfort from, of God through them, but they get the privilege of, of being that for you. So that leads us to the next point, which is we'll be able to comfort others. Um, I know that most of you probably have experienced this, that when someone else can identify with your pain, they understand what you're walking through, it is a great comfort, right? Um, and when we can identify with the pain of others and enter into it with them, it brings them the courage to keep going. It gives them hope. 
It doesn't even have to be the exact circumstances. We don't have to have gone through the exact same thing. Um, hearing, yes, I've been through that too. Yes, that's greatly comforting. That brings relief to know that they're not alone. Um, but when I sat with that girl this week and she shared her story with me, I, I've not been through that. And at the same time, I have experienced heartache. I have experienced betrayal from someone that I love, so I could enter into it in that way with her. And when we experience loss, then we can walk with others through their losses. And when we experience heartache, we can walk with others through their heartache. And it can be comforting to just sit and listen with some, to someone. I really didn't say much when she was telling me her story. I just listened. And she just kept going. And I don't even know, I don't, it was a God thing because she was standing alone. And, um, you know, there's a lot to be done at camp. (laughs) So I was going from one thing to the next and I saw her standing there and I went over to her and I said, um, I could tell she was kind of hurting in her face, and I said, um, is there anything I can do for you? And she just, weeping. So we went in the next room, and um, she was afraid to tell me things because what that might mean. It's scary for them to tell you what abuse is happening because if social services doesn't do their job properly, it can mean worse for them. And um, she was sharing her story with me, and at first she said, I don't want to tell you. I'm afraid. I said, okay. I'll just sit here with you. Well, it's just that, and she begins to share everything that's going on, and all I had to say is, is there anything else you want to tell me? And she just kept going. And I got the feeling that, well, and she did share later that there's no one for her to tell. There's no one for her to talk to. And she wasn't the only one at camp that shared those things with us. But as we sat with her and talked with her, and I I asked her if I could pray for her, and I felt the peace of God come over her, as we prayed, and I don't know where she is with the Lord, but um, I know that she was comforted in that moment. And sometimes that's all that comfort is, is just sitting with someone and listening to their story and letting them share what's on their heart. Um, We had this very young girl there this year. Um, I will call her Stephanie. <laughs> we have a, the first picture, I think. Yes. There she is. Um, at camp, we have a camp grandma and grandpa. And there they are right there. And um, so there was one day during um, our family connection time, that's like our chapel time, where where Stephanie was talking to Melissa, who's teaching kids in the back, and um, 
she said that she had, she was really sad because her grandma had passed away in the last year. And she was so sad because she missed her so much. And Grandma Linda had been sitting a couple rows ahead when Stephanie was telling Melissa this story. And Melissa just kind of sat with her. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Must be hard. You must miss her very much. And Stephanie kind of sat there with her head down for a few minutes. And, and then she looks up and she sees Grandma Linda. And she says to Melissa, she said, but it's okay. I have a new grandma now. I have Grandma Linda. Can I go sit with her? And she ran up and sat next to Grandma Linda, who put her arm around her. And that was comforting to her. She had a new grandma <laughs> to take the place of the one that she had lost. And, and that was a God thing for her to be there this year and to have that. So prayer is a huge comfort, too. Paul talks about how he believed that God would continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. And when you pray for people, you are coming alongside of them and helping. Sometimes we don't feel like it's, we think, we say things like, well, all I can do is pray. Prayer is huge. Prayer is where the battle takes place. Don't discount prayer. Think about the times that you've gone through trouble and you knew that someone was praying for you. Didn't it give you strength and courage to know? Didn't it make you feel like you weren't alone? And those of you who were praying for us this week while we were at camp, we felt your prayers. We had trial after trial after trial, but God always came through in miraculous ways, and it was incredible. We felt your prayers, and he rescued us because you were praying for us. He rescued us. Um, we had another, we, ha- we had a returning um, former camper who, was come- who came to volunteer. And um, one night, it was late, probably midnight, I don't know. And we're getting ready to finish up everything for the night. And um, one of the other girls came running in and said, oh, um, Jenny is... She's hurting, and I think she's having a panic attack, and something's wrong. So I went out to to meet her. She just kind of come outside. She was there trying to get her into where we were, and um, it just so happened that that night, out of all the nights, um, our medic Ryan was still awake, which normally was not the case, and he was in the command center with us. So he came out and sat with her because she was having a heart. She had a head pain in her head. She was having a hard time hearing, and she was definitely panicking. And um, so we sat with her and tried to help her slow her breathing, and Ryan kind of talked her through some things, and um, he went to go get something for her, and I said, Jenny, can I pray with you? Would that be okay? And she said, yes, please. (laughs) And um, she has struggled as well with, you know, where was God? when all these things happened to me, but she's coming around. (laughs) And as I prayed for her, her breathing began to slow, and she began to just breathe deep, God's presence, and she calmed down. So prayer is not just, oh, this is all I can do is pray. 
That's where the battle takes place, and that's where God rescues us. And we're also able to offer hope. When people are afflicted, they can be tempted to give up on God. But as we're able to identify in another suffering because we've experienced similar, then we can speak into the misery of others and give them comfort, and we can bring them to Christ. Um, we have um, a couple of siblings that have been coming to camp for the last couple of years. They've been also been part of club, our mentoring club. And um, it was interesting because um, I'll call her... I'll call her Abby. She, she wrote, because um, all the kids write a letter to God on, the, on Thursday at camp. And she, among, she told God some things she was thankful for. And she said, also said, I hope my family is doing well. I pray that my siblings turn around and believe in God like I do, since they say that they don't. And... Um, she also wrote in her um, reasons that she likes Royal Family Kids Camp. Among the other things she said, she said, we learn about Jesus. I didn't used to believe in him, but now I do. And she had been praying for her brother and sister to believe in Jesus. Well, little did she know that um, her brother who I will call, think of a name. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> and we have a picture of him as well. That was, oh, you can go back to Abby for just a minute. There she is. Um, so she's been praying for her brother. And um, so then Connor was talking to his counselor after um, one of the family connection times when they had been talking about Jesus. And I'm pulling that, that story up right now. Um, so he had been, he'd been asking some questions about God throughout the week, but they, there had seemed to be like a disconnect between God and Jesus, and he wasn't sure what he felt about those things. And... Um, on Thursday, Lee had talked about a family connection, about Jesus dying and then coming back to life and visiting the disciples and then leaving again. And um, so Connor was asking about that, and he said, is Jesus alive? And his counselor said, yes, yes, he is alive. And so then he asked where he was, and um, so then, as they continued the conversation, Connor asked, well, how do I get to be where Jesus is? And he got to share what it meant to be with Jesus. What does that mean? And that Jesus is God. He made that connection. And um, the next day at lunch, Friday, he asked the other boys if they knew that superpowers existed. <laughs> Because his reasoning was, if Jesus went from earth to heaven, he had to have superpowers to get there. <laughs> Makes sense, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but what all that means is that he's headed in that direction of understanding more who Jesus is. That's a difficult concept if you've never, you know, if, if that's never um, 
been part of your upbringing. And so now both of them can have that comfort when they're at home and they're in a hard place. They know that Jesus is with them. They know that Jesus is for them, and they know that he's alive. Um, And lastly, as we comfort others with the comfort that we have received, our joy will be made complete. Acts 20.35 tells us that it's more blessed to give than to receive, and it is... It's an amazing, wonderful, fulfilling thing to receive comfort from God. But as we give out comfort and encouragement, joy comes. I I so enjoyed watching all the counselors, especially this week, on their faces I saw joy, just unadulterated joy. They were having so much fun, like Savannah up there. That face that she has, that enjoyment she's having, that was on all their faces all week. And I just loved watching them because they were having just as much fun, if not more, than the kids. (laughs) It was amazing. Your face, too. (laughs) I loved it. Every day it was just exciting to see the joy come from serving and giving and and offering that comfort and encouragement to others. And, um, And so... We're going to show you the, the recap video here in just a second. But I wanted to tell you that um, just the fact that it's, and, and some of you know this story, but I have to tell you, it's a miracle that camp took place. It's an absolute miracle. And up until about 12 days before camp was supposed to start, we didn't know if we were going to be able to do it or even if we should I mean, there's a lot of things up in the air. Well, should we do it? Should we not? Should we do it? Should we not? And um, we found out that 12 days before that our normal campground couldn't host us and provide the specific things that we needed to do to stay within the guidelines um, for this year. And we weren't sure if God would have us pursue another place. We just didn't know. And um, so... I called a Zoom meeting with our board, and and we got on together, and I said, we just need to pray because I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to force, like, I don't want to force anything, but if God's going to open the doors, I want to walk through them. And um, after we prayed, uh, one of our board members, um, she had seen this picture as we were praying about um, the Israelites and God leading them out of Egypt into the promised land. And what she felt, the impression she felt was that just as he led the Israelites, and and remember, the Israelites were going, what are we doing? This is stupid. We have, you know, we're comfortable here. And if we go into all of this, this is unknown territory. This is scary. We don't know what's going to happen. But God said, I'll lead you with the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. I'm going to lead you. So we said, okay. So God's going to have to open the doors because we don't know where we're, where we're going to go and have camp and if our volunteers are going to go and what's going to happen. And the doors began to open, starting with um, DCFS in Springfield over the whole state who sent us a 
a certified letter saying you may take the kids to Iowa for camp, which was who we needed permission from. And then our local DCFS pushed all of the out-of-state consents through within two days so that we could take all of the kids. She was gung-ho about, yes, you guys need, they need to go. So they were, I mean, there's so many channels where we could have been shut down, and instead they just kept opening. The doors kept opening. We found a campground. <laughs> it was a miracle that we found a campground that not only um, was, would book us, but also would, could accommodate our type of camp because we have to do things a certain way. Um, we had, so at this campground, normally we do not have to cook our food. They're, it's done for us. And the campground we found, they don't provide that. You have to provide your own cooks. Okay, that's kind of a big thing. What are we going to do? And um, our RFK ambassador for the, this region, he called me and he said, um, I have a couple that cook at a camp. They're cooking for another Illinois camp the week before. And they said they'd be willing to come cook at your camp. So they cooked both camps two weeks in a row for free, which we did. I mean, we didn't. Otherwise, I don't know how we could have done camp. Um, and then uh, we have to have a nurse at camp because only a, a nurse can give the meds to the children. And they have to be licensed in the state that we are doing camp in. Our camp nurse, who's been coming for the last seven years, is licensed in Illinois. So about, I think it was, it was about March or early April. So it was early into shelter in place. Um, we had another nurse interview via Zoom, and she's licensed in Iowa. And we it told her, because at this time, we were still thinking we're going to do camp in Illinois. So she's like, well, I'm working on getting my license in Illinois so that I can help, so, so that, you know, we both can do it. And so we're getting closer and closer, and she's like, it's not happening, it's not happening. And it didn't matter because we needed somebody to be licensed in Iowa, and there she was. Like, everything fell into place. And so... Um, when we met to pray that last Sunday in Bethany's word from Exodus 14, 13, and I'm just going to read it to you, and then we'll watch the video, is that it says, Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay